Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 201. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. This is your host, Richard Ryerson. As always, thanks for tuning into the show. This is the show where we talk about leadership. We talk to top thought leaders all around the globe, business leaders, faith-based leaders, military leaders, you name it. We bring them all on the show and we talk about common sense leadership because the reality is all of us are going to be called to leadership at some point in our lives. Somebody right now is looking to us for leadership guidance and influence, so it's in our interest to learn how we can become the best leaders we can possibly be. And remember, it's a journey. It never ends. It's a lifelong journey. It never stops. And so... This is the show that uh, attempts to help all of us in our leadership journey, and I'm so glad that you're here. Before we start with the interview, I want to talk a little bit about my brand new product, the Legacy Leader Blueprint. You can learn more about it at LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com, and it's my online course, my step-by-step system on how to get nonstop big wins in business and life. It's a complete system, five content-rich modules with on-demand step-by-step videos, 25 videos in all, and it is the exact formula that I and others have used to go from nothing and no leadership skills to experiencing windfalls and success and fulfillment. It's exactly the kind of concepts that came so clear to me after I got out of the Marine Corps when I got laid off from American and started working in the corporate arena. And any modicum of success that I've had can be directly attributed to some of these skills that I include in these videos. So go check it out at LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. And if you want to sign up for a free webinar where I teach some of these concepts for free, Go to LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com slash webinar and sign up for one of my free webinars where I talk about this on Thursday evenings at 7 Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So hope to see you there. Again, LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. And if you want to check out the webinars, uh, type in slash webinar. All right, a great guest on the show today, Rachel Cruz. She is the daughter of Dave Ramsey, and uh, she's just a great guest. You know, she was actually born the year her parents, Dave and Sharon Ramsey lost everything. A lot of people don't realize that Dave Ramsey, you know, was pretty successful making a lot of money and he absolutely lost everything and filed for bankruptcy. And, and Rachel was born in the midst of that and she grew up watching all of those sacrifices that they made and she learned how to save for the future, spend wisely, avoid debt, all of those things. And she grew up hearing people tell her dad, I wish I would have heard these messages years ago. And so that fueled her desire to reach to people and share the hard lessons her parents had learned, and she became it became her passion. She, she speaks to audiences all around the world, to audiences as large as, as 12,000, and she started doing this when she was a teenager. And she's appeared on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Meredith Vieira Show, Katie and Fox and Friends. She contributes to Woman's Day magazine. She's a featured, featured speaker, speaker, sorry, featured speaker to events like Smart Conference and the Legacy Journal Live and she launched a blog last year in 2014. She got a brand new book out there. She collaborated with her dad called Smart Money, Smart Kids, and it's the number one New York Times bestseller. And uh, here she is on the show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Rachel Cruz on Dose of Leadership. Rachel Cruz, welcome to Dose of Leadership. I'm so happy you're here. 
Well, thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just I love you know I've had a few guests on the show talking about money, and maybe it's my own. Uh, fear of money and not being so good with it throughout my entire life. But it is one of those topics, especially from a leadership perspective, we've got to get a handle on. What what kind of prompted you to get so kind of uh, passionate about finances at such a young age? Yeah, well, I uh, grew up with my dad, Dave Ramsey, who some people may be familiar with. Oh, yeah. So probably we... paints a picture of <laughs> That's right. I grew up in, which probably explains a lot of what I do now. Um, but, you know, growing up, Mom and Dad, they they always, you know, they weren't obsessed with money by any means, but they definitely taught us how to handle money. I mean, the basics of, you know, you if you don't have the money, you don't buy it. Debt's not an option. Uh, we learned to work from a very young age, and this idea that money comes from work. Money doesn't just come from Mom and Dad's back pocket. So we were on commission. So, you know, all these things that we, we grew up with. And so when I graduated high school and I went to college, was really the first time where I realized, gosh, that there there is such a lack of knowledge when it comes to handling money, not only for our culture, but really at that time for my generation. And so when I graduated from college, I realized that's really what I wanted to do with my life was to go around and talk to high school students and college students and young adults about this subject. Because I look at my life and I'm so thankful that my parents gave me such an incredible gift of understanding how money works. So now I can go out and win with money and not having to make the devastating mistakes that my parents made, you know, or, or, or other people have made yeah. I'm able to learn from them. And so that's, yeah, that's really where my, my heart was, was the preventative side uh, of money management. Yeah. You were actually brought into a time when your, your parents actually had lost everything. Because I mean, if people that don't are familiar with your dad's story, there aren't many that aren't, but I mean, your dad you know, had some rousing success at a young age, and then he, he pretty much lost everything and filed for bankruptcy the year you were born. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, I was born in April, and they filed in September. Wow. Yeah, people people tell me all the time, you know, they're, they're like, you were born at the worst possible moment, you know, <laughs> your parents' story. Uh, but I look at that, I'm like, it's such a, a redeeming part. In this that's story. right child that was born that year and yet you know we we've been able to learn so much good from their story well you know and i think that i i can imagine you probably hear this a lot i you know i have i can't tell how many times i've had conversations on the show and elsewhere we talk about man i wish i would have learned this when i was young you know it's amazing that we don't teach some basic life hacking skills when it comes to money to to our kids and, and in our in our school system what do you think about that yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's what I heard all the time growing up. That was one of my motivations of doing what I'm doing now is people saying, yeah, I wish I had learned this when I was younger. If I only knew how to handle money when I was younger, mm -hmm. I'd be in such a different place, financially speaking. Uh, and so what we're finding is, uh, you know, when it comes to schools and those kinds of things, financial literacy, yeah, it's it's absent, but it's actually starting to become part of the conversation. And right. we actually have a high school curriculum that's in uh, one, one out of four high schools across America. So we're trying to fill that void. Um, but really, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to parents too, to say, hey, parents, you know, it is your job to teach your kids about money. And the hard thing is a lot of parents tell me, Rachel, but I've made so many mistakes with money. I'm deeply in debt. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. How in the heck am I supposed to teach my kids how to do this well if I haven't been able to? And so my encouragement to them always is, 
it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up financially. If you've made a mistake with money, that makes you over five years old. You know, that makes you normal. <laughs> right. You, that's the case. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is, I see a lot of it though, as the parent's responsibility to step into that space and in that place of their kids' lives and, and teach them the basics. And, and I think the great thing too is it doesn't have to be this intimidating subject that I think a lot of parents think it is. It, it can be very simple things. Well, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing about it because, you know, my daughter was, she's a senior in high school and she had some, um, I don't know, financial assignment and she has to interview me over a, a couple week period and she's interviewed me twice and, and she said, well, what, what would you wish you would have known now that you know then? And I wish I would have, and I think I even knew at the time, but when you're in that kind of realm, say middle school to high school, you just don't think it just seems so far away. But even if you just put, gosh, $10 a, a week or even $10 a month uh, it would be amazing what you would have when you were in your 30s, you know, for example, and then showing somebody that kind of compounded interest or, or what could happen if you just save a little, um, some amazing things can happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. And getting getting that information to yeah kids as soon as possible, I think, is so important for things exactly like that to, to not only avoid mistakes, but to be proactive in, in what they're doing with money. Um, yeah, that, that's what, that's really, yeah, a lot of my heart and a lot of, um, the reason I, I do what I do. So what I, I can imagine you see uh, a lot of, um, I think a lot of times when we hear real stories, because I can imagine there's a lot of us out there that are going, Oh my gosh, like you said, the example, Oh, I've, you know, how can I teach my kids responsibility when I've made all these mistakes and I'm trying to get out of this debt and it seems so overwhelming. It seems like I cannot get past this. I'm making minimum payments. I mean, I got this enormous amount of debt. What do you, what are some some of the craziest examples that you've seen of people coming back from the brink of, of of what seems like overwhelming odds? Do you have any great stories? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. We have countless stories here. You know, Dad's been doing this for over twenty years, so you've heard. I mean, everything from people paying off millions of dollars to even you know, I think even the smaller victories of the single mom who paid off forty thousand dollars in two years, but she made thirty thousand. Know, oh yeah. Should, that are just absolutely insane and I think that that's that's part of the piece that a lot of people miss when it comes to money is they think it's all about the numbers and the math side of it where you realize that money is such a behavior element mm. as well, that your behavior has to change and once it changes for the good I think that there's a lot of motivation and that's when you hear people paying off crazy amounts of debt in such a short period of time and the way we teach it is that you pay off the smallest debt first and then you work your way up, not the highest interest rate or any of that, because again, it's not always about the math, it's the behavior. And so you see these people get these quick wins and then they start sacrificing part of their lifestyle. They start putting as much money as they can towards you know, paying off their debt and they do it in such a quick period of time. The average family we find paying off debt, becoming completely debt-free with their house is in about 18 to 24 months. That's crazy. It just and it so is, yes. yeah. yeah that and it's nuts but again i think because we don't take into account the the human spirit part of it this emotional side that once you start tasting this idea of freedom and not having to owe people anything you know when your paycheck comes in that it starts to be yours again i mean it's, it's a motivating concept so people will will do amazing things and sacrifice so much of their lifestyle to find this financial freedom yeah i think that i love that concept that you said it's like you know pay because you always hear it's kind of kind uh, contrary to what we're, we're taught is like you get rid of that high interest debt or the biggest chunk 
um, you're saying, hey, get that get that little small credit card off your plate, and now you've got a little moral victory, and you kind of get a taste of what it feels like, and it kind of gives you the energy, the momentum to just start changing your lifestyle. And it's amazing, too, that you find some of these people that have have adopted what you're teaching is that they start to fall in love with the lifestyle. I think that's the part where the success starts to come from, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because once you've you know, you've lived beyond your means and you're you're living in debt and paycheck to paycheck and you just feel like you can never get out. But once you start tasting this idea of, okay, margin, this idea that, you know, once you're debt free and you can actually, and you're living below your means, you may not be living necessarily the quote unquote lifestyle you were living with debt, but now you're actually in control and there's margin, there's money left over and you're able to give and to save and to invest and to do some incredible things. And, and, and you know, my goal for people too is that you you don't have to live the strapped lifestyle for long. If you just do that for a short period of time, you make those sacrifices and you get yourself above uh, finance, you know, above the, the waters, if you will, that you are debt free and, you, and you're smart with your money that gives you the opportunity, the freedom to go back and to be able to enjoy some of the money you've, you've earned. I think that's an important piece as well. Well, that's, again, I think it's very inspiring, especially when you see those real-world examples. I can't imagine. I was talking to – I had a guy on my show, and he was – let's see. What was his number? $180,000 in debt on the brink of a divorce. Uh, and he came back from that in just uh, three years. And I, I just find that totally amazing. I couldn't imagine to have that much debt uh, hanging over my head. Yeah, it's insane. And it's really, it's, it's heartbreaking too, is because I feel like these numbers get larger and larger and even with the young, with younger people as well. And that's what I find, you know, this, the student loan crisis really in America today. I mean, I I was talking to a young man and he was about to graduate from college and he had $90,000 of student loans that he took out to go to this private school and not like a, not like a Harvard, you know, it wasn't like people know it was just the small college in, in Minnesota but $90,000 and engaged to be married to a girl with $90,000 as well. They met at that school and they're $180,000 in debt starting out at 22 years old. Oh you know I mean? Gosh. It's just, yeah. you know, you hear the, the horror stories in that sense where you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's a, that's a house, a starter house for a lot of people in America and different right. parts, you know? And so you, you hear that, but yet you hear the people that have made those mistakes, but have come out of it and, and have, have been able to pay off, uh, crazy amounts of debt just because of the discipline, I believe, of, of making this a goal in their life and a priority. Well, so what, what do you think about that? Speaking about colleges, I got a daughter that's getting ready to, she's graduating this year and getting ready to go to college, and she's my first of four. And so we're sitting and looking, at, and, I, and um, I'm all for college education. I think if people want to go, go it's, I think it's one of the great institutions where you can go and, 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 and find your passion, find your dreams, and live out your dreams. But it is kind of crazy. Like it's almost like it's a racket these days. Like to walk out of that with ninety thousand dollars of debt. It's just I don't know. It's different. What is your opinion or your take on a college education? I'm not against it. I'm sure we're all for it. But 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 what would you say to somebody that can't necessarily afford college? Yeah. Well, I I am with you. Yeah. I will state that I I am for college. I think it makes you you know when you have a college degree, it, it does make you more competitive out in the marketplace. But I think a lot of people have become stupid when it comes to education, which is an oxymoron, but they right. have. They've completely taken out this idea that that you can't be a student without a student loan and that the price tag doesn't matter. You know, it's just this idea that, well, you're gonna have to have debt, which is a lie, but you're gonna have to have debt, so you might as well just go where you wanna go. And these 18-year-olds are signing their lives away, financially speaking, at 18, to go to college 
because no one stepped in to show them how to do it wisely. So I teach people all the time that you can be a student without a student loan. It's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline, a lot of sacrifice, but it's possible. And the number one thing is to choose a school you can afford. And for a lot of students, that's going to be staying in-state, taking in-state tuition, going to a public university, or even a community college for the first year or two. And even that, that school selection, that is number one. That's where you're going. Uh, it's either going to make you or it's going to break you because people will step over a state line to basically go to the same state school, but they pay three times as much with money they don't have. Or they're going to a private school where they simply cannot afford it and they're still going. And so I think, you know, choosing a school you can afford, staying in state or a community college, scholarships and grants. I've heard so many success stories of students doing this, uh, of applying for these scholarships and grants. I was talking to a girl in Texas and she grew up with a single mom. And in her senior year of high school, Christmas break, her mom told her, she said, you're going to apply for two scholarships every day after school until you graduate from high school. <laughs> so for five months, she had to find and apply for two scholarships a day. And she told me, she was like, Rachel, it was miserable. We got in fights about it. I was grounded at one point because I didn't do it <laughs> one day. You know, she said, but my mom was so adamant about this. And just because of those that persistence, she, some scholarships, they weren't all large amounts of money, but because she had to apply for so many, she had three years of her school paid for. Wow. And then she worked those years and cash flowed her fourth year. That's great. That's and, a great. Yes. And so I look at that. I'm like, you know, even if you're an average student, just taking the discipline and the time to find that free money, it's still possible. And then lastly, work, work part time. And studies have found if the average college student works 20 hours a week, they can pay their way through an in-state school. So that, that's my rambling of, of, of college. But, but again, I, I am so passionate about this and for people to get that information to apply it to their lives because I see so many horrible stories of these students coming out and they may not even use their degree. Some of them don't even finish college. And, and I just want to take parents and just like shake them and be like, you've got to walk your 18 year old through this. You don't let them on a car lot at 16 and be like, you can pick whatever you want. No, you, you're, you're wise about this decision. You know, you need to be wise with their college choice as well to help them. That's great advice. But man, you know, there's so much pressure. You see it. I mean, I see it from my, my daughter and she feels like, God, if I don't go to KU to Kansas university, then it's not going to be worthwhile education. You know, you see this, you just, there's so, we're bought into as a society that kind of this 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 myth about higher education and the cost of it. And so I love what you just said. I mean, it's it's so great. Do you advocate entrepreneurship? Is is that a huge part of kind of uh, your your father and yours kind of philosophy of of getting people out there to to start your own business? I mean, what do you advocate if somebody's kind of with? Because you hear so many great stories of people's back being against the wall and they, and they become these entrepreneurs and they didn't even think they could become entrepreneurs. What is, what is your take on that entrepreneurship and financial freedom? Yeah, that's a, a big part of uh, my family. I mean, I grew up with a dad who, you know, was all about believing that, you know, if you want to win in life, you can go out and control your destiny. And so he always, you know, was, was huge on us working. He actually made my sister and I open up a business when I was, I was 14. My sister was 16. He made us start our own business Wow. to understand, you know, profit and loss statements you know i mean we had to do the whole gamut we had a little snack business at his office that we had 
snacks on the counter and, and drinks in the refrigerator. And we had to run this little snack business at his office for about two years. So yeah, he, he made us, you know, do those kinds of things. But I look back and I'm not only so grateful, but I think it's important for people to see some people are not wired to be an entrepreneur. My sister would say that she's one of those. She was like, you know, she, she does not want to start a business. There's nothing itching her right. uh, where I would probably be on the flip side. I would be, I would be the one more eager to start something. And so I think for people uh, to know that, yeah, you absolutely can do that. I would just do it in a very wise way. Don't go take out crazy amounts of debt. Don't take out any debt. Really. When you're starting something, start small, the tortoise always wins the race. The hare doesn't always, you know, right. so, so keep it, keep it slow and steady. But I think it's something that's great for people because I think it helps you to control your destiny in a sense that uh, a lot of people want that, that freedom of what, whether it's tactical and it's flexibility of schedule, you know, or it's just this idea that I, I have a passion and I want to start something. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's an incredible thing uh, when people start, uh, finding this uh, inner entrepreneur in themselves. Right. You know, you look around, there's so many examples, or it can seem overwhelming. We've got a lot of challenges and and uh, a lot of bad news out there from, you know, from government and economic forecasts, everything else. But at the same time, if you look, I'm kind of of the belief that there's there's no better time in history. There's so many great opportunities out there. Where where do you stand in terms of optimistic outlook for this country, the fin- especially in the financial aspect of it? And speak to me a little bit about the kind of opportunities that you see present out there compared to, say, maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, well, I would say if you're waiting on the government to uh, better your life, uh, you're probably going to wait for a really long time right. and, and, and vice versa too. You know, I think that uh, you're able to, um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously restrictions and taxes. I mean, ob- obvious things, but overall, I think a lot of people assume the doom and gloom of life, but you're still living in America and America still is the greatest country in the world. And if you want to get up and start something, you still have the ability to do that and you can. And so I would, I would say that. And then, um, I'm sorry, I forgot. What was your second question? The second part was in terms of just opportunity, just general. If you look around, I mean, I, I think oh. we're living in some of the the best time. There, there's so many opportunities for the every everyday average citizen to go out there and become financially free, make a difference, start their own business. I just think the opportunities are are almost boundless compared to where 30 years ago. And I was just trying to get your opinion on that as well. Yes, no, I think you're exactly right, and I think even things like technology has helped with that. I mean, it's amazing what people are starting, what they're able to do, the businesses they're able to grow. I mean, I see so many women starting things even in their house. Uh, I was talking to a lady and she was selling hair bows. And I was like, oh, hair bows, that's that's cute. And she's like, yeah, I have an online store, you know, a million dollars worth last year of hair bows. You know, and I was right. like, okay, that's a very small operation, you know. So, <laughs> amazing and how well connected we are today there's so many great things that you can start so no i completely agree where we are uh with our world and and how well connected we are through technology and different things there's so much opportunity i'm curious how you deal how do you deal with uh fear and uncertainty and 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 maybe doubt how do you deal with it personally i try not to let it control my decision making (laughs) you know i do the best to to realize that there are some uh, legitimate, you know, risks in life, that there are things that you you have to be aware of. But overall, to to live in a state of fear is paralyzing, and it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to make wise decisions. So, so constantly uh, feeding that out. And I'm not perfect at it, but just to assume uh, 
I think some of the the risks that you may not be perfect at what you're about to do, but to try uh, is a big part. So I let myself, uh, I, I've given myself permission to fail. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's important. I love that. You got a book. It came out last April. It's Smart Money, Smart Kids. I'm imagining some of the stuff we've been talking about up to this point is covered in your book. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the book. Yes, our uh, book, Dad and I actually wrote it together, Smart Money, Smart Kids. And so he is the parent in the book, his, the perspective of the parent, and I have the perspective of the child, in a sense, uh, of what it was like growing up in a house where money was talked about. And so the the book, yeah, I hit number one on the New York Times and Wall Street Journal the, the week of its release and, and really has gravitated to a lot of parents because I think the subject of teaching your kids about money seems overwhelming it seems impossible uh but this book we really give you tactical practical things that you can do in everyday life to set your kids up well and a part of that is just giving them the knowledge of understanding how money works and so we talk about everything from working giving saving spending uh debt we talk about college there's a whole chapter on college we talk about contentment uh really every issue your child faces uh, we give you, the parents, a, a kind of an instruction book, if you will, on how to teach them wisely and to help them get on a solid financial foundation so when they grow up, they don't move back home with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we got, we wonder, I got, you know, I got four daughters and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, at what point, you know, my wife's talking, oh, they're going to be out of the house soon. And I'm like, ah, I got four kids. At least two of them will probably be back at least a couple times, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, very good. I mean, I'm so excited. So, any um, I'm interested in what everybody's who everybody's heroes are, and I'm interested in what yours would be. Again, you have an interesting life with your, you know, great example, a mentor from your father. But if you had a one night where you could invite five people, alive or dead, to have this like this most fascinating dinner, you know, your 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 ultimate dinner party, who would those five people be, and why? Oh my goodness, that's a hard question. Um, I would say. An ideal dinner party. Well, I would I would do a mix of people. So I would do like a John Maxwell. I hey, think I'd love to yeah. pick his brain on on the leadership side of life. I would pick um, I think Mark Cuban. I've met him before, but I think sitting down with him and listening to everything from the shallowness of Shark Tank and the TV show. Right. To yeah. It'd be fun to listen to him. Um, I would say on the life side as a woman and soon to be mom and working and all of that, uh, there's a lady called, her name is Candace Cameron Bure, and she has a book about balancing life. Uh, Seth Godin would be very fun to sit down with. And then those are all live people. So I'm going to go spiritual and <laughs> somewhat alive, but I would say Jesus. If you can invite yeah. Invite anyone, yes. That would be a very interesting dinner party. Yeah, that would be a great one. I love John Maxwell. Of course, you know, I got certified with, with his coaching program, so I've always been a big fan of him. And uh, Cuban, I like. Yeah, great uh, from Shark Tank, one of my favorite shows. Can't, how do you spell Candace's last name? That's a name I've never heard. I mean, maybe I should know this name. What's her last name again? Uh, Bray. B-U-R-E, I think it's her name. She was actually... This is going to show my age, but she was DJ Tanner on Full House. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, so random. Yes, but she's, 
yeah, she came out with a book last year called Balancing It All, and so she does some acting still. But uh, yeah, talking about faith, family, working, all of it. So Seth, I, yeah. I, as a as a, a young uh, professional woman, I loved it. That's great. Well, it's funny because my youngest kid uh, fell in love with Full House just recently, and she was watching every episode. It was on Nick at Junior or Nick at Night or TV Land. I can't remember which, but uh, she yeah, loves yeah. that. That's right. Oh, that show is can be so cheesy, but man, it's kind of it's fun to to watch her get excited about that show. But that's right, that's right, yeah. And then Seth Godin, what a great choice! I, he's gosh, I've been trying to get him on my show for so many times, and he's just like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. But yeah, he's he's a great hero too. And then of course Jesus, that a lot of people pick him. That's that would be a great. That's a great dinner party. I hope I hope I can at least maybe serve the doors or something. But uh, <laughs> that's right. I know I be a fly on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Great choice. Well, gosh, that's just, that's a great list, and uh, I love answer, asking that question. It's my favorite part of the interview. But the guy, you're doing such great work, and uh, you've got a blog out there that launched last year too. How is that going? Yes, it's great. Uh, it's it's been fun to be able to tackle a lot of these money issues, and uh, I run the gamut, everything from lifestyle to uh, you know investing, you know all the ranges when it comes to personal finance. So. That's on rachelcruz.com, and there's written blogs, there's video blogs, and so we put out about three pieces of content a week, so there's always awesome. updated, fresh content, so you can go check it out. Yep, a lot of great resources at rachelcruz.com. I'll have links to this uh, on the post. You can get a free newsletter from her as well, and check out the book, Smart Money, Smart Kids. It's available everywhere. And again, Rachel, it's so glad to have you on the show. Did I hear you that you're having a baby? Does that what, did, I, did I glean that from what you just said earlier? Yes, a soon-to-be mom. Yes. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, we will be parents, which is crazy, but Con- it is happening. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, Rachel, you're true joy. I'm glad to have met you and uh, so much great information on uh, for us on the show and my listeners. I know they appreciate it. Again, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. All right, we'll see you. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.